are off, everyone. Welcome back. It's another episode of the Wobcast 2.0. We come to you on what is a rainy, dark Thursday for yours truly. I'm sure where Giles is, too. It's the same way, but uh, the football season is right around the corner, so that puts a little pep in our step and brightens our day. And our series of evaluating every position on every roster in the NFC North continues. We're kind of getting close to the end now. Uh, as we start to get a really good picture about each team's roster in the NFC North. And we want to see where the Vikings stack up and see if they have a shot to come away with the NFC North, or at least if the talent on their roster would suggest that they have a chance to capture the NFC North championship once again. So that's what we're here to analyze and evaluate. And today, our exercise takes us to the inside linebackers across the NFC North. We're excited to present our analysis and opinions and maybe prompt some ideas and uh, some research in all of your um, brains as well. So to help me do all this, of course, is my usual uh, partner and my co-host, Giles. Let's welcome him in right now and say hello. Hey, buddy. How you doing? Hey, hey. How we doing? Happy Wednesday. Uh, excited to, to chat about middle linebackers. I mean, uh, honestly, I think this is maybe one of the most underrated positions in all of football. I think a lot yeah. of people think about, oh, middle linebackers, you know, they just, you have to have a guy out there, which in some ways, depending on your scheme, can uh, be achieved more than others in some teams. But uh, really an underrated position and excited to chat through this because I think um, you can make an argument that there's quite a bit of talent across the entire NFC North. Um, when you look at uh, the highs and lows of different position groups, the NFC North is relatively stacked at interior linebackers so excited to chat through this yeah um interesting note Giles because I think I've found myself in some of these positions that we've done feeling the opposite where yeah. I feel like man that's mm. maybe they're top heavy but after that there's nothing and sometimes they're not even top heavy and there's nothing after that um yeah. you know so um I tend to agree with you on the linebackers I think there's some good players uh, that we're going to talk about here today and I think there's a team, um, I'm assuming, we don't always see eye to eye on everything, but we generally come out to the same understanding on stuff yeah. uh, when we're talking about players. Mm -hmm. And a team comes out on top here that I don't know that they've come out on top in any other position. So I would um, there's a little teaser for everyone. And so um, for those who have uh, been along with us for all the other positions, you know the drill. Uh, for those who have not, and this is your first time checking out a Wobcast 2.0, or at least your first time in a while, we're going to take a look at the starters at every linebacker position uh, for the Bears, and then the starters at every inside linebacker position for the Lions, Packers, and Vikings. Since they are in 3-4 groups and the Bears are in 4-3 groups, we're going to grade them um, on a scale, and then we're going to stack them up. And throughout that process, you'll hear our evaluation of every starter at inside linebacker for every team. And so we've done this for every position on the roster except for a few we haven't gotten to the secondary yet um we have not done wide receivers or tight ends yet uh, other than that we're kind of getting to the end here Giles, and it's mm -hmm. given us a really good picture of each team's roster so i i've spoken about how much i like doing this exercise and the reasons i like doing it but i want to give you the floor is this um an exercise you've enjoyed doing um and has it enlightened you to anything or is it something that you'll want to do next year on the wobcast 2.0 as we get ready for the 2024 season yeah, 1000% because yeah. uh, when I think about football, I think sometimes, uh, at least myself included, but a lot of people I know, we let emotion sometimes dictate our, our opinions on things like, oh, I love this player. I hate this player. Our defense yeah. is bad or our defense is good. But taking a little bit of a step back and looking into the details, uh, taking a quantitative and qualitative look at each position, position group to really get a holistic view on what's working, what's not, how do we fix it? Uh, mm -hmm. When you're really trying to have a growth mindset and actually truly pursue a Super Bowl, what do we need to do it in order to make that happen? And uh, I think we've been going through all the most important positions in football and really identifying, I mean, especially in the NFC North, if you want to go chase a wing, ring, you got to win your division, in my opinion. I mean, outside of that, it's a pretty uh, hair slim chance there. So yeah. uh, when I think about going through the NFC North, really, really excited about this and Gives me a lot more optimism in some cases and uh, a little bit more pessimism in others, uh, areas that I think we need to really show up and show out when it comes to camp and, and hopefully cross our fingers that we can improve in the right categories. But I uh, really love taking this systematic look. All right. I do, too. So let's get into it, and we'll start with the Chicago Bears. They are the outlier in this group, Giles. Uh, as mentioned, they're in a 4-3 defense. The rest of the division is in a 3-4. So this is uh, led by Allen Williams, the defensive coordinator, 
uh, coordinating this defense, one time a Minnesota Vikings defensive coordinator, and Allen uh, was, is in the Tampa 2 family. So um, lots of cover two with two high safeties, middle linebacker dropping into coverage, and then the outside linebackers buzzing out the flats. So that's what the linebackers are asked to do a lot in this scheme, and that's what will be asked of them in 2023 so um with this we're going to be looking at a starting strong side sam linebacker a starting middle or mike linebacker and then a starting will or weak side linebacker and then one swing one backup uh that we'll analyze so we'll start with the bears we'll start at sam linebacker where they have a youngster uh by the name of jack sanborn who um debuted last year and not a high grade for the season, but did post a couple of strong games toward the end of the year. He saw increased action as the starting middle linebacker Giles when they traded Roquan Smith to the Ravens. And that's where Sanborn really started to get some uh, experience. You know, he's rugged and tough. He actually um, probably could play Sam linebacker um, Mm -hmm. for the Bears if if they needed, uh, if something happened to their starting middle linebacker. And so he's a guy who, although didn't start and play a lot early last year, got a lot more experience as the season went on, uh, can also play on special teams. So he's not a household name, um, and there are better players at this position than him, but I actually gave him a pretty solid grade. I I ended up with a six for Sanborn. Um, Mm -hmm. I think he's um, a solid player that you can definitely get by with, and he's got a little bit of runway yet. Um, I don't think we quite know who he is. The arrow is pointing up on Jack Sanborn. Um, middle linebacker, an absolute stud in Tremaine Edwards, um, who graded very high last year, free agent signing uh, from the Buffalo Bills. So a pretty significant loss for the Bills. Now, the Bills have a great roster, and they've been good for a few years, and you can't keep everyone every year. And this is a guy that um, that uh, they ended up losing in, in Tremaine Edmonds. Really good player. Um, <clears throat> they used him a lot more as a pass defender last year, Giles, than Buffalo had in the past. He used to be a really heavy blitzer, uh, and he didn't blitz so much last year. Uh, He ended up playing a lot of pass defense, and I would presume that this stood out to the Bears uh, because they asked their Mike linebacker to cover a lot. Um, Hmm. They're going to be asking Edmonds to do just what they asked Brian Urlacher to do all of those years, which is to drop into coverage and essentially be a third safety um, in a lot of passing situations. And Edmonds has the skill set to do that. He demonstrated it last year. He has five career interceptions. Really high grade here for Edmonds. He's a stud. I don't know that there's another middle linebacker that you can make a strong argument for who's better in the NFL. Uh, There might be a couple, but I gave Edmonds a nine out of scale of zero to to ten. The Will linebacker, weak side linebacker, another really good player from another team, another really Mm -hmm. good team. And this is TJ Edwards. Uh, the the Bears get him from the Philadelphia Eagles, another player with a high grade last year. A lot of articles I read, a lot of research I did, called him an unsung hero in the Eagles defense, a defense with a lot of names that we all know, but you might not know T.J. Edwards' name too well. Um, so an unsung hero, a three-down linebacker, can do everything. They're going to ask Edwards to do what they asked Lance Briggs to do all of those years with Lovey Smith. Um, in Chicago when the Bears had really good defenses. So um, I gave him uh, a pretty high grade as well. I gave him a 7. I, I leaned toward it an 8 here for a while, Giles, with Edwards. Um, but um, I just want to see him do it for a new team, and I want to see him do it when there's not a bunch of other studs around him, which was mm-hmm. the case in Philadelphia. So that's why I ended up on a 7 with him instead of an 8. And then we'll do one reserve for the Bears. Um, I think you could go a number of different ways here. I ended up going with the draft pick from this season, uh, Noah Sewell, fifth-round pick out of Oregon. Um, could compete with Sanborn uh, for time at Sam. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, that's something to watch, I think, for the Bears, although I think Sanborn will end up winning out. However... If something happens to Edmonds at Mike Linebacker, I do think they'll move Sanborn to the middle, and then that that Sam spot would open up, and I think Sewell is a, is a candidate for that. Can't get too excited about him, though, because he's a rookie. He's never played in the league, so I gave him a 2 on a scale of 0 to 5. 6 for Sanborn, 9 for Edmonds, 7 for Edwards, 2 for Sewell comes out to a 24. Boom, look at you. 
Uh, once again, a lot of similarities, uh, just like week over week, uh, starting with uh, with Jack Sanborn. Uh, love this guy. 20, 20, uh, 22 years old, 6'2", 234 pounds from Wisconsin. Uh, like you said, he's a draft pick out of 2022. Um, really excited about this prospect. Not necessarily as a Vikings fan, but as a football fan, yeah. uh, this guy has a lot of potential. Um, I did rate all of our interior linebackers across five uh, separate categories. Overall PFF grade, run defense, coverage, tackling, and pass rush. And this guy was elite in uh, I should say he's a, he was approaching elite in a lot of different categories. I gave him uh, a seven out of 10. Um, ultimately his data said six out of 10, but I bumped him up to a seven because he was pretty premier in pass rush. The only category in which he wasn't amazing was run, but I see him improving, especially towards the latter half of the year. So I am going to give him a seven with an upside of an eight. Um, Really excited about this guy, period. I think the the Bears have found a, a really good young player to fill in in that position. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on to Tremaine Edmonds. Um, could not agree with you more. I think he's probably the best middle linebacker in football. He scored an 81.9 grade last year. Um, this guy's elite from Virginia Tech, 25 years old, so he's not old. He's 6'5", 250 pounds. He was the fifth overall graded interior linebacker last year out of 111 qualified interior linebackers. He was the best coverage linebacker in football. He was ranked number one out of 111. Um, He was top 20 in tackling, pass rush. His run defense was, I would say, middle of the pack, which is why I gave him uh, a nine. Um, I think there's a chance you could flirt with a 10 here if he could improve on the run defense, depending on if this scheme is a better fit for him than it was in, uh, you know, Bill's country. Um, Mm -hmm. But I mean, He's awesome. Edmonds, yeah. I mean, if I could have him on the Vikings, I would oh, yeah. give my left arm for it. Like, this yep. is awesome. Um, and then pairing him with TJ Edwards, I mean, the Bears are clearly doing something at the middle linebacker room uh, when it comes to offseason additions yeah. and acquisitions. Uh, another young guy, 26 years old, 6'1", 242 pounds, also from Wisconsin. Um, he had an 81.6 grade last year. He was the sixth overall graded uh, interior uh, middle linebacker uh, out of 111 uh, qualified versions. Uh amazing at pass rush he is top 10 or top 20 in most of the other categories except for tackling he's maybe top third uh but i gave him an eight um i think he could flirt with a nine here considering how good he is but when you think about those three starting positions for the bears absolutely phenomenal i think it's fair to say that they maybe have the best middle linebacker room in football this year um so it's something to keep an eye on if i'm game planning as the vikings so um definitely important to 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 note there uh from my swin linebacker I uh, did pick Dylan Cole. He came from, uh, I think he was in Tennessee last year before he was in Houston. Um, I think he's, uh, I would say, an average to slightly below average uh, backup middle linebacker. Um, you know, I think he uh, has uh, spurts of, of uh, greatness, but then also has a few valleys there. So I gave him a three out of, uh, out of 10, which brings my total score uh, to 27 out of 35. Yeah, a really good room here, um, as you mentioned, Giles. It's revamped with the signing of Edmonds and Edwards, Sanborn, an undrafted free agent a year ago, and now poised to start at Sam. So this is a room to be excited about for sure, um, um, and and not a room that they were like, ah, this room stinks uh, last year. We got to go make it better. Let's go get a bunch of guys at the end of their careers who teams have jettisoned that we can get for cheap. No, they went and got good players. Like. Mm-hmm studs and um and they're going to be able to execute the scheme that matt eberflus and alan williams want them to execute which is that uh cover two tampa two scheme so um uh chicago bears defense uh historically very good probably on the rise and the heart and soul of that defense is this room so impressive scores for the bears let's move on to the lions giles um, a team that uh, is a very popular choice to win the division and do even more damage than that, uh, whether you're talking about uh, them being a betting favorite or uh, a trendy pick, trendy team to talk about. So let's look at their inside linebackers. 3-4 defense here uh, for the Detroit Lions as we've analyzed um, you know, up front for them uh, at the edge rushers and in- interior defenders. Um, lots of areas to improve uh, for the Chicago Bears and I think uh, or for the Detroit Lions and I think this is one of them they are coordinated by Aaron Glenn a former uh, defensive back in the National Football League this is a team that did not do very many things well on defense it did not do very many things well uh, at linebacker so uh, lots of room to improve and let's take a look at the guys who have the opportunity to generate that improvement we'll start at left inside linebacker with Alex Anzalone a guy who's been around for a long time, does not grade out very well ever, but kind of seems to be around the ball a lot. He's a leader. He's gritty, heart and soul of this defense. I think he was 
very much improved from 2021 to 2022 Giles, but still not someone that you would characterize as a stud or someone that you got a game plan around. Um, but he's been around the block. He knows how to play the position and, and play the game. I think by this time next year, the Lions probably are going to, you know, they're hoping that he's been replaced by this time next year. But I think he can get them through and do the job uh, for most of the 2023 season. So I gave him an an 8 on a scale of 0 to 15 uh, for these three, four inside linebackers. I gave him an 8. Next is Jack Campbell at the right inside linebacker position, a fifth-round pick last year. So, again, someone with some runway, young player who's um, got an opportunity to improve supposedly he can cover uh, really well. So we'll see how that uh, plays out. He's got a lot of guys to cover in the NFC North, um, a position with a lot of good receivers and tight ends. So he will be tested in that regard this season. Detroit linebacker room was bottom 10 in coverage grade last year. So, in fact, I think they were even worse. They, they might have been the worst. Um, I believe they were 32nd, actually. Yeah, yeah. so they, they were the worst. <laughs> so uh, this is where Campbell will add value is as a coverage linebacker. He did a, a good job of that in college. We'll see if he can do it in the NFL. Um, up next is uh, Rodriguez, who everyone called Rodrigo last year in hard knocks for the Detroit Lions. Um, fun story to watch uh, in, in hard knocks last year, a player that no one really was counting on. No one expected anything of him, and he really surprised and flashed in training camp on hard knocks and ended up being a really good player for them last year. He graded out just right around a 62 or a 63, I believe. Better run defender than he is in coverage, so where mm-hmm. Campbell could excel um, he'll cover up for maybe some of Rodriguez's um, flaws and where Campbell may struggle to defend the run. I think Rodriguez can step in and do that. Instinctive player, quick player. Um, so I gave Campbell a 7, by the way, on a scale of 0 to 15. I'm going to give Rodriguez a 4 on a scale of 0 to 5 as he's one of the reserve guys. I actually think Rodriguez could end up being a starter if they don't like what they see out of Campbell. If Anzalone gets hurt, they don't think he can run anymore. I think Rodriguez is a guy who could step in and start and then I did another reserve and that was Derek Barnes um 62 grade from last year um much better running downhill running after the ball running to the ball than he is in coverage and in space um and his his PFF grades would uh would dictate that and would would illustrate that um not a very good grade in coverage but pretty good grade as a rusher um or blitzer and then also against the run also a guy you can put on special teams if you need to I gave him a three on a scale of zero to five. So eight for Anzalone, seven for Campbell, four for Rodrigo, three for Barnes. That comes out to eight and seven is 15 and four is 19 for the three main players. But I did a bonus guy in Barnes. I won't factor him into the grading. Um, so Anzalone, eight, seven for Campbell, four for Rodriguez, and that's a 19 for the uh, for the Lions. Boom. There we go. Uh, yeah, honestly, once again, a lot of similarities here, um, starting with uh, Alex Anzalone, 28 years old, 6'3", 237 pounds from Florida. Um, you could not have described this better. I think he is the <laughs> maybe the literal middle of the pack when it comes to middle linebackers in the NFL. Yeah. Um, I will say he's never scored above a 70 his entire career. Uh, and is at 28 years old, um, you're not necessarily young. Um, I wouldn't say you're like on the doorstep of retirement necessarily, but you're definitely on the, the downward trajectory in terms of your career arc. And uh, I think if I had to give him a, a grade, I'd give him here a nine out of 15. Um, he's he's about average to me, uh, maybe a little bit better. I mean, he's, he's not a train wreck in a lot of capacities. Um, but uh, he's a guy. I, I would venture to say, like you mentioned, that if uh, we don't have a replacement uh, as the Lions next year at this time, I think there's maybe something that went wrong, uh, considering his age and his his lack of upside. Um, but, you know, such is life with the Lions. And then moving over to Jack Campbell, I'm really excited about this guy. Um, I think uh, he graded last year at Iowa at a 91.9 overall grade. He was amazing in the run, amazing in tackling, amazing in coverage. I would say the only area that he had even a slight dip uh, was in pass rush. Um, but otherwise, I believe he was almost in the 80 or 90s for every other category. So this guy was pretty phenomenal at Iowa. Uh, really excited about him. Uh, he's 6'5", 249 pounds. Um, anyone from Iowa, I think, is just tough. So uh, excited yeah. <laughs> to see what he plays with the Lions. Uh, another addition to yet another uh, uh, an entirely stacked roster for the Lions. Um, 
So I do give him uh, technically a, a 10 out of 15 uh, with an upside of maybe a 12 or a 13. I'm really high wow. on this guy. Nice. Um, yeah. But considering that he's never played in the NFL and he's a rookie, um, I'll give him a 10 out of 15. Um, but I do think there's a considerable upside there. Uh, and then, like you mentioned, Malcolm Rodriguez, uh, I'm really excited about him. I think he's a great locker room guy. Um, you know, on a scale of one to uh, one to five, I did give him a four out of five. I do expect him potentially to take over Anzalone uh, unless they draft somebody else, because um, I do think he is uh, a guy that could take over uh, both on and off the field activities. So for the Minnesota um, competitor known as the Lions, I'll give them a 23 out of 35. Yeah, I think, um, you know, with, with a couple of things here, um, Campbell uh, is a really strong player um, mm-hmm. and a guy who has a chance to be um, a stud. And mm-hmm. the note I made about the room in general with the Lions, Giles, was the the room's ability to transcend where they rank now, which is worse mm-hmm. than average, hinges on Campbell being a stud. Absolutely. And if that happens, the whole shape, tenor shape of this room, um, I just I just feel differently about it. You know, yes. um, if that happens, if that doesn't happen, I think this room is poor. Um, and they're and they're in a little bit of trouble. So um, actually, the worst in the NFC on paper cur- uh, yeah. currently. Yeah. If, if like you said, if Campbell shows up, I think they maybe be one of the the towards the top end of the the division. But yeah, they're definitely the worst in the room right now. Yep. Um. So um. I I know the Lions know that they need to be better on defense. This was an Achilles heel for them in general last year. Um. With Campbell, they have a chance to do that. I think with Malcolm Rodriguez, what's interesting to watch for me there is can the guy do it again? Right. Because he had like a really impressive year right away. Mm-hmm. Uh. Right out of the bat or right out of the gates. Can he do it again, though? Was that lightning in a bottle last year for him? Or um, is this something where he can um, really progress and be a really good player for them? So um, interesting to watch this room um, sort of develop this year. I think they have a chance to be good. Again, it hinges on Campbell. So Mm -hmm. um, let's go to uh, the Green Bay Packers. I... have I'm so accustomed to sort of dumping on the Packers defense over the years, (laughs) you know? that you kind of go into any position eval for them on defense, like ready to just be critical of it. But mm-hmm. there's a couple of really good, really good players here in this room that yes. um, that are fun to talk about. So let's start with Devondre Campbell. Yeah. A semi-household name here in Minnesota, Giles, because he played at the University of Minnesota um, and was a really good player for the Falcons right away and has been a good player for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, mm-hmm. Pretty good grade last year uh, from a PFF standpoint, although he did deal with a knee injury, saw a regression uh, in production and grade because of that. But do remember, he was an all-pro uh, in mm-hmm. 2021. And I got an all-pro behind me too, by the way, if you haven't seen yeah. it. <laughs> what is that? Right there. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, <laughs> in 2021, he was an all-pro, um, and he did everything well that year. Um, and that's what Green Bay needs him to be this year. And yeah. so I think when... When Devondre Campbell is playing his best, he's an 11. So I, I, I got him at an 11 here on a, on a scale of 0 to 15, a really good player. And when we talked at the jump of the episode about, wow, there's some really good players in the NFC North in this position, Devondre Campbell's at the heart of that. I, I think he's really good for Joe Barry's defense, that 3-4 scheme, athletic, can run, can cover. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's a leader. I think he's tough. So really a good player. And he may not grade from a PFF standpoint or from like a scouts evaluation standpoint as high as Tremaine Edwards or as Tremaine Edmonds would. But I would say the same thing about Campbell that I would about Edmonds, where I think every linebacker room in the NFL would take Campbell. Really good player. Mm -hmm. Um, So he gets an 11. Quay Walker. Now I ended up, when the evaluation is done on Quay Walker, I end up in a really similar place but I get there a different way with him okay I think Campbell is an all-around really good player who is solid reliable and I'm pretty sure he's like I have him at 11 it might be a 10 might be a 12 but it's going to be around an 11 with Walker I think it's more uh peak and valley and Mm -hmm. I think he's heavy at what he's good at and there are some things he's really not good at at all and he's got to bring I'm more focused on him bringing his floor up than I am on him raising his ceiling. Um, he's also an emotional player. He got ejected twice out of games last year, including yep. the the 
the do or die game against the Lions at the end of the season. He got thrown out of that game. So, mm. um, but this guy fills up the stat sheet. He had 121 tackles and seven pass breakups last year. So mm-hmm. not great against the run. Super athletic, good in space, and I have a hunch that he can be a really good pass rusher. So I think this guy is a handful. Um, Brad Childress once described a running back, I think it might have been Adrian, as a rolling ball of butcher knives. And uh, I think I think Quay Walker is a rolling ball of butcher knives, man. He's hard to handle when he's playing yeah. really well. I gave him an yeah. 11 as well. Um <clears throat> And then finally, Isaiah McDuffie, um, mm-hmm. after being so excited about Devondre Campbell and Quay Walker, it's hard to be excited about uh, Isaiah McDuffie, depth guy. Uh, on a scale of 0 to 5, I gave him a 3. Um, yeah. Standard depth guy, he can compete at a couple of positions. Multi-phase special teams guy, so he does have that going for him, but I don't factor that into the evaluation of him as an inside linebacker. It just gives him some value on the roster overall. Um, I think I think Green Bay would be in trouble if they needed McDuffie to play more than a game or two. But if Mm -hmm. they need him to come in for a series to give someone a rest, I think they're fine. Anything more Mm -hmm. than that, I think they're in trouble. But at the end of the day, they got two 11s in Campbell and Walker, and they got a three in McDuffie that comes out to a 25, which is a pretty solid grade. Yeah, phenomenal. Um, honestly, once again, we, uh, we have some areas of similarity starting out with Devonder Campbell. Uh, honestly, this is one of my favorite players in the Packers. Uh, I never thought I'd say that out loud. Um, uh, just about any Packers players in general, but, uh, this guy's 30 years old, which is honestly one of his only biggest downsides is that he's getting a little bit old, but he's six, three, 232 pounds. Like you mentioned, he's from Minnesota. He ended up with a 75.6 grade last year, uh, 81 in coverage. This guy's phenomenal in coverage. He was uh, basically top five in coverage. Uh, he was the 19th best middle linebacker in football last year. Um, this guy has so many different areas that he can affect the passer affect, uh, 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 the, the back end of the football. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say run is maybe the only area in which he's a little bit deficient. He technically rated a 60.3. Um, so ultimately, I did give him a 12 out of 15. I gave him a high grade. Um, I do think that could become a 13 if he was better at the run uh, or if he was a little bit younger. Uh, but I think he, this guy's a solid starting uh, middle linebacker. Really, really excited about him. Yep. Uh, and then moving over to Quay Walker, this guy ha- I have mixed feelings about because when I went into this exercise, I was expecting to find a lot better performance um, because I had a higher opinion of him in my head. I, I view him as a very, um, I guess, emotional player is the right term, but someone that has a lot of uh, gumption to go after the football. And I really like that in a middle, middle linebacker, a little bit mean. Yeah. Um, I mean, ultimately, yeah. he's 23 years old, 6'5", 241 pounds. This guy is still on, I mean, just ended his rookie year. And I, I hope that a lot of the issues that came up during this past season were just that rookie issues. Um, but he was average in some categories, which I did not expect. He was mm-hmm. great in pass rush. He was basically top 20 in the NFL, top 20 in coverage. Uh, the run is where he severely struggled. I think, um, like you mentioned, there were some, some issues there on the field. So hopefully he can improve yeah. that. Uh, cause he ended the year at a 34.9 run grade, which is abysmal. Yep. Um, and considering his high draft pick, I mean, he was, what, 20th uh, overall in the 2022 draft. Um, so all that to say, I did give him a 10 out of 15. Um, if he's not able to clean some of those things up, I would maybe knock him down to a 9. But if he is, if he's able to actually take a step forward out of his rookie year and realize his true potential, raise that floor, I would be willing to give him 11 or a 12. Okay. Um, so that uh, kind of uh, rounds out the starting element. And then for McDuffie, Isaiah McDuffie, um, I agree. He's a guy. Um, he had some peaks and valleys. I mean, he had games last year that he played, which he scored a 90 grade. Uh, there was two separate games that he was in the 90s. Uh, but he also had some games in the 30s. So this guy has a level uh, of uh, volatility that I don't love for a middle linebacker. Um, I really went back and forth on whether to give him a three or a two, but I did bump, up, bump him up to a three because he did have some elite level play, um, which brings the entire Packers uh, uh, room to a 25 out of 35 yeah i um i think you your comments on walker um are good and right um he, he's i'm i'm high on him and i think you see the high side of him as well mm-hmm. but we don't want to discount what brought him down you can't just mm-hmm. be a one-trick pony um yeah. you know we have him graded high i have him as an 11 and you just can't be a one-trick pony and get a high grade you got to be an all-around player and he's got a lot to prove in that regard but the mm-hmm. upside with him is so high. Um, yeah. And so, I, you know, I think he's the key. You know, we, kinda, um, we kind of um, identified key players for each 
team in their room to turn that room into a really good room. And I think for Green Bay, it's Quay Walker uh, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Um, all he's right, a but, bulldog. Yeah, that's right. Jeez. From Georgia. <laughs> Do they turn out enough good players or not? Oh, I mean, my goodness. Holy moly. <laughs> Something in the water down there. Like Alabama <laughs> used to do and still does. Yeah, seriously. Um, uh, the Vikings linebacker room could use one or two of those players because we're going to talk about them next. And um, there's something to be excited about in this room. Um, but that, that And that's something we'll talk about. Other than that, though, I don't think there's a lot to be excited about in the Vikings room. Maybe you'll disagree with me. But let's start with Jordan Hicks. I remember during the season last year, Giles, um, you and I talked about Hicks and Kendricks quite a bit, and I and always ended up sort of being okay with Hicks because I thought he brought a lot of intangible quality to the room and leadership and just knowing where to be and uh, when to be there. Um, that can only get you so far, though. Mm-hmm. And they bring Hicks back, and he'll provide those things once again you know I don't want to call his grade a mid-grade it's a little bit better than that but um a guy I think he Jordan Hicks I think is a little bit better than Alex Anzalone but I'll say the same thing about him Anzalone I'll say the same thing about Hicks that we said about Anzalone I think next year at this time you want to be better here you want to have moved on and upgraded here for now though uh the Vikings have Hicks in this spot uh at left inside linebacker I gave him an eight um you know, I think you can get by with him for a season, but if you really want to go next level as a defense, there are some places where you got to get way better, and this would be a candidate for, uh, to be one of those places. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, so he gets an eight. Let's move on, though, to Brian Asamoah, um, another player that we talked a lot about last year, Giles, and you were very high on him, and I, I jumped on board with you eventually and got there myself. Uh, a guy with great athletic traits. I think he's instinctual. I think he loves to be around the ball. Um, but a guy that doesn't have a ton of experience and you know, you can't knock them for that because you don't get experience until they put you in the game. Well, the Vikings are going to put Asamoah in the game this year. He's going to be a starter at right inside linebacker. Um, and I think just as the lions inside linebacker rooms ability to be a great room hinges on Jack Campbell. The same will be said about the Vikings and Brian Asamoah. I gave him a nine. I think he's got the, the upside here to be above a 10, uh, mm-hmm. to be up there at 11 or 12. Um, I love his pedigree background, the way he was brought up, Giles, as a special mm-hmm. teams player. I think there are so many examples of defensive players who ended up being really good starters who began as special teams players, running down on kickoff, covering kicks, making tackles, toughing it out, and then they get into a role as a starting defender, and that's Brian Asamoah's. Uh, career arc so I really like that about him I gave him a nine and then we'll go to a reserve inside linebacker I have a feeling you're gonna go with someone else I went with Troy Dye which I think is predictable boring standard and he gets a one on a scale of zero to five so I didn't do the Vikings any favors here by going with Dye because where you could give this this position a two or a three based on or a four based on some upside you lose that when you do Troy Die because there's really not a lot of upside here. He's just a reliable guy that you could throw in there, and you know it's not going to be a disaster. Um, but I think you're going to do someone here, someone else. You're gonna. I think you're going to do a younger player who's got a lot of upside and a player who could actually be a starter uh, mm-hmm. before the season is over. I think that's who you're going to do here. But I did Die, and I gave him a one. So eight for Hicks, nine for Asamoah, one for Die. That comes out to an eighteen. There we go. Uh, honestly, this is the area where I think we maybe uh, diverge a little bit. Um, yep. And I think uh, the Vikings maybe have the most interesting middle linebacker room, uh, both in the NFC North and maybe the NFL, considering what I think they will do in 2022 or okay. 2023, rather, uh, because I don't think it's um what most people think and and uh, hear me out here so we're going to start off jordan hicks okay. uh obviously he's 31 years old 6'1 236 pounds uh he's a big dude he's from texas uh drafted in 2015 um this guy is elite at the things that he is elite at and he is poor at the thing that he is poor at um ultimately he was the 41st overall ranked middle linebacker in football out of 111 inside linebackers. Um, He was essentially top 10 in run and top 10 in tackling. 
This guy against the run, Jordan Hicks. I mean, there's not too many players that are better than him. Uh, He's phenomenal at that. Uh, Was pretty decent at pass rush. He was, you know, top 20, top 25. Mm -hmm. Um, Coverage and speed, that is not his shtick. This guy is not a fast player. This is not a guy that you want to back off into coverage. This is a guy you want to do to stop the run. So if you're thinking about short down coverages, this is where I would put him in. Now, technically, he's at this, uh, you know, this outside or the middle line uh, linebacker position in a starting role. Mm -hmm. I think there's a chance, you know, I'll get to this here in a second, but I think there's a chance that maybe they move him to more of a rotational player Mm -hmm. and put him in specifically for rundowns because this guy is phenomenal. Uh, when you think about stopping the run, I think, uh, he has a, an amazing utility there. Um, I think, uh, well, I'll get into it in a second, but I, I think there's some opportunity for him to be a rotational player. But I did give him a 10 out of 15, um, considering his amazingness in uh, the run game. Um, he obviously could be higher if he was better in the pass, um, uh, but ultimately I gave him a 10 out of 15. And then moving over to the other side of Brian Asamoah, um, I was already uh, pretty uh, decently high on Brian Asamoah. And then after looking into his his uh, his numbers, I'm, I'm even higher on him. Okay. Um, he's 23 years old, six foot even. And he's 226 pounds. Now, some people might call me foolish here, so hear me out here. Um, But he's actually the smallest middle linebacker in the entire NFC North. This guy is short and he is small, but he is incredibly fast. I mean, incredibly fast. And I think there's a a pretty big... um, uh, you know, a portion of Vikings fans that think like, oh, he played a few snaps and well, I guess we'll see this year. He played one snap less than 20% of snaps. He was at 19.75% of snaps uh, for the entire season last year, which isn't 100 to be very, very clear, but it's also not nothing. I think there was a decent sample size to be able to get a good picture of what he was. And out of those 19.75% of snaps, if you include all those players, which is 111 of them, he was the 13th best middle linebacker. He was almost top 10 in he was uh, 11th in coverage um he did have some issues with tackling which obviously you're going to find with a small middle linebacker um uh, when you look at the stats unlike a lot of the other players he was essentially at the bottom for pass rush but he only had three pass rush snaps the entire season so like he didn't rush the passer at all so i think it's it's potentially unfair to grade him um against pass rush because he simply didn't do it uh he was primarily a coverage linebacker he was top 30 in run defense like considering that he was top 30 in run defense and he was only 226 pounds. I mean, he's 20 pounds lighter than other linebackers in the, in the, in the NFL. Like this guy actually did pretty well. Um, so that being said, if he can improve some of his tacking elements and actually take a, a further step forward, I mean, he was, it was his rookie year this last year. If he can take a true step forward and actually be a true starting linebacker. Um, I think there's some upside here. I gave him a 12 out of 15, but I do think there's an upside of a 13. I mean, this is a hot take. I do recognize this, but I think he'd be a pro ball player this year. Um, I think he is phenomenal. He's from Oklahoma. Got to love those flyover states there. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm really high in Brian Osimo. I love his speed, Um, which directly translates into my swing swing linebacker position here. Um, I picked Ivan Pace Jr., the undrafted free agent. Now, some people are going to call me absolutely crazy that I'm a homer, that (laughs) I have, you know, uh, purple colored glasses on here. But hear me out here. So when I think of Ivan Pace Jr., I mean, he's 22 years old. He is 5'10". He is less than, I mean, he's literally my height. He's less than six foot tall and he's 231 pounds. Like this guy is small. And uh, out of every analysis that I've seen on this guy, the only reason that he didn't get drafted pretty early in the draft, not even, I mean, even just drafted period, but early in the draft was because he was way too small for a middle linebacker. People were terrified of his size and that he had a ton of penalties when he played for Cincy, Um, which he definitely did. Uh, He had a lot of, he had a lot of it, a lot of uh, a lot of penalties. This guy is an aggressive player, which is mm-hmm. something I really like in a middle linebacker. So I think if you pair that with Brian Flores' teaching ability, it's a big if. But if I actually think you could turn this guy around and clean up some of his his penalty issues, I don't think his size is an issue. I think people are way more terrified of it than they should be. Now, yeah. if he didn't have his versatility and athleticism, it'd obviously be an issue. But this guy, he ranked uh, towards the top in all middle linebackers 
in all of the NCAA last year. Mm. He had a 93.2 grade. He was in the 90s for run, in the 90s for pass rush. He was almost in the 80s for tackling. He was in the 70s for coverage. This guy is a great middle linebacker if his size can truly translate to the NFL. So if you're looking at what the, the Vikings are doing here across the entire team, but specifically on defense, they are getting younger and faster. And when I think about speed... Like I mentioned before, Jordan Hicks is not necessarily that great at the run. If they can bring him in a rotational space, I think there's a phenomenal opportunity there. But I think for passing downs, I think they're going to put in Ivan Pace Jr. And they're going to have tremendous speed at the linebacker position. Between Brian Asamoah and Ivan Pace Jr., you could make an argument that they're the fastest middle linebacker room in football if that's what they put on the field. Yep. I like your approach to the Skiles, and I like the Vikings' approach to the inside linebacker room, too, when all is said and done. And they may not grade out uh, favorably compared to other teams, or in your case, they might. But in one's case, like mine, they might not. But in a league that is certainly a matchup league, especially on third down, um, mm-hmm. you have to like this approach that the Vikings are taking to the room because they're not looking – like with the Chicago Bears, with Tremaine Edmonds and TJ Edwards – two players who they just signed in free agency who are pretty good or great at everything you could ask of a linebacker. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that that's great. The Vikings don't have one guy even close to that, but what they do have is guys who are great, pretty good or great at something, mm-hmm. right? And so mm-hmm. as a coaching staff, you know what those things are, and you insert a combination of players at that position who can do what you need them to do at that down and distance at that stage of the game. Yes. That's where the matchups come in. And that's the Vikings approach, I believe, at this position. And I think it's not an approach they're taking uh, in resigned fashion because they just can't get any good players. I think it's an approach they've intentionally taken to this position. And I have a feeling it could be at something that Kevin O'Connell is intentionally doing because he's like, as an offensive, as a former quarterback, as an offensive guy, he's like, I know this is a matchup league. I know what offenses are trying to do. And so when I look at it through that prism, I want my defense to be able to do this in response to what an offense might be trying to do to them. Mm-hmm. And rather than asking the same guys to do a lot of different things, they're asking guys to just do what they're good at. Mm-hmm. on this down and distance and if the next down and distance they don't need a bunch of guys in pass coverage they need a bunch of thumpers to come play against the run they'll put jordan hicks back in and maybe they'll put troy die in or whoever you mm-hmm. know um so i do like that approach and appreciate that approach it's different than what the bears are doing it's different than what some other teams might be doing but i think it makes sense especially in a league that is so pass happy and is so matchup oriented do you follow all that i don't know if oh. Yeah. No, that yeah, we're speaking the same language. I, yeah. I'm, I'm really excited about what that opportunity looks like. And I know I've, I've said this before. I'll say it again. I'm really excited to see what this looks like under Brian Flores because he's such a versatility guy where you can make an argument that Brian Osimo and Ivan Pace Jr. are are pseudo safeties in some respects. Yes. So I think yes. you might see some rotational elements here that are going to be difficult to pick up, uh, at least early on in the season. Uh, really excited to see what that looks like. Uh, players that have a lot of versatility. Yep. Um, different than what you said, like the Bears are doing, but really excited yeah. to see what he puts on the field. So the caveat to that, Giles, is if if you have this rotational situation and the guys all stink, it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't matter. But like if you have a rotational situation and the guys are good and they execute well, mm-hmm. it's a, a pain in the ass for the other team's coaches and quarterback because it's mm-hmm. like you got to know their numbers and what they do well. And mm-hmm. when this combination is in, this is what they tend to do on third down. But on third down, when that combination is in, they tend to do mm-hmm. this instead. And it's a headache, and you got to draw draw up the schemes on the cards and show it to your scout team and practice and run a lot of different plays. And so mm-hmm. if the guys are good, it's a cool approach that adds a level of complexity to the offense preparing. And anytime mm-hmm. you're adding complexity – to what the other team tries to do, you increase the chance that they're going to screw up, right? Mm -hmm. So, but again, the caveat is if all the guys don't play well, then it, that the trick is up, you know, the trick's over. So (laughs) the guy's got to be good at it. Um, And so I think when you look at now we come higher level and look at the whole, whole division for me, 
um, the inside linebacker position group, it's it's neck and neck between Green Bay and Chicago, and Green Bay edges out ahead of them. I think mm-hmm. for you, I believe if I followed, you had the Bears atop this division. Yes. So either way, yep. we both had a new team coming out on top of a position. For mm-hmm. me, it's the Bears. Uh, or for you, it's the Bears, and for me, it's the Packers. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a little bit more of an optimistic um um, outlook for the Vikings. I'm a little bit more pessimistic, but you kind of mm-hmm. got me excited about it the way you talked about it. Um, and I do appreciate the approach. I just want to see it happen before I get too high on it. Um, and yeah. then I think we kind of settled on Detroit sort of being middle of the road and it, it sort of hinges on Jack Campbell. So um, at the end of the day, though, and I'll let you comment on this as well, I think you just look at the landscape of the inside linebacker position in the north and you just you got a lot of good players. Mm-hmm. Hundred uh, percent, and uh, a lot of people can call a middle linebacker position kind of the quarterbacks of football. The people that like call call things out uh, um, during the the middle of the plays on defense, and yep. uh, I think uh, the NFC North are going to be definitely teams to beat. I'm I'm really high in the lines this year, um, although they they maybe are a little bit less than what the bears are in terms of middle linebacker play, uh, at least potentially they do have some upside and I'm, I'm just really excited about them as a team. Um, so I'm really excited to see what they put on defense because I think their offense will still be, uh, at least top five, top 10 next year. Um, uh, and if they can improve on defense, they're really going to be a team to beat. I think the bears, although I'm not high on Justin Fields, I think the bears have done a lot of good things on, on defense. Um, well, I think they're not going to be a train wreck anymore. They're not going to be a number one overall pick type player or uh, type team. Um, not going to say they're going to go win the super bowl here, uh, yeah. but I definitely, think they're going to uh, take tremendous steps forward, uh, if they can put it all together. So, uh, really excited about that. I think the Packers, um, uh, I'm, I'm not feeling great about the Packers. I think they have some elements of good play, but I feel like they're they're kind of on the wind down right now. But we'll see. Uh, but obviously the Vikings, um, if they're able to keep Daniel Hunter, I think uh, I've said this all offseason, if they're able, able to keep Daniel Hunter, I'm really expecting them to take a pretty massive step forward as a team, um, especially on defense, but as a team as a whole, I'm really expecting them to take some strides here. Um, so if uh, Daniel Hunter is, is at training camp and ready to roll, I expect that'll have tremendous impacts here on this middle linebacker room. Yeah, and I, and I think where the Vikings are really are the strongest is going to be um, on offense and mm-hmm. um, putting pressure on all these defenses, um, you know, throughout in the NFC North and, and some mm-hmm. of these players that we've talked about the last few weeks as we've done our position evals. But we're going to flip the script a little bit next week. Um, I think we should go to the wide receiver position and evaluate that across the NFC North. And that's yeah. an area, obviously, where the Vikings stand uh, a pretty good chance to be up there uh, <laughs> atop the NFC North with their wide receiver group. So yep. um, let's do that next week, uh, see where all the uh, NFC North teams stack up with each other at the wide receiver position as we sort of are winding down here. After we're done with wide receivers, we'll have tight ends and then the secondary to get to. So um, yes. And it's appropriate that we're winding it down because training camps are going to be starting here um, before you know it. Before we go, yeah, before we go and wrap this up, I got two things I want to get to with you guys. Let's do it. Um, <clears throat> I want to do a heat check on Dalvin Cook back to the Vikings. Uh, we've talked about this the last <laughs> few weeks. You were the first one to mention it to me as a possibility that, hey, um, Dalvin Cook's still a free agent, but what if he ended up back in Minnesota? And then I heard Kirk Cousins say it uh, out loud at, um, at mandatory minicamp. And then um, I saw the possibility floated that Zeke Elliott returns to the Cowboys. Could Dalvin Cook also return to the Vikings? So heat check, Giles. Where are you at on this? Is it still possible? Honestly, the fact that he hasn't signed a deal in Miami makes this even more plausible in my head because that was the only real possibility that I thought could happen here with Dalvin Cook, considering that he's from Miami, loves the Miami area, that he just simply wants to go back home. And uh, strong reports say that they offered... I don't know what the exact amount is, but north of seven million. And he said no. Um, so that tells me that if he hasn't said yes to that, I don't know if Miami's going to happen. And I think mm-hmm. he's such a strong locker room guy. I mean, you've been in the room. There's a chance that maybe he's the most respected and well-liked person in that building. Um, so unless something has happened that has not been reported that has changed that type of relationship dynamic, I'm even more on high on him coming back mm-hmm. now. I think in terms of, uh, you know, uh, looking at this from a sheer numbers and cap standpoint, um, I don't know if I love redirecting some cap space back to the running back room, um, especially considering the middle linebacker room, uh, looking at uh, the NFC North, that's going to be tough from a run game standpoint. But honestly, I'm becoming even more high that he'll come back to the men in purple. That'd be um, that'd be a win for the Vikings, for sure, from a negotiating standpoint, from a financial standpoint, but from a talent on the field standpoint, too. 
That'd be a big win for the Vikings. Okay. Uh, yep. Lastly, before we go, also a big win for the Vikings, the throwback uniforms they unveiled. Yeah. I believe they unveiled it yesterday. Um, yes. Uh, Tuesday. Um, today's Wednesday as we record this episode of the Wobcast 2.0. Um, I liked them too. It's uh, paying homage to like the 60s and 70s with a little touch of the 80s in there. Um, very cool throwback uniforms that they'll be wearing in week one of the season against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Why don't the t- Tampa Bay Buccaneers wear their throwbacks too? Put those uh, road orange creamsicle uh, uniforms creamsicle. on. The creamsicle <laughs> pants with the white uh, tops for the Bucks and the old orange Buccaneer on the side of their helmet. Yep. Throw us back to the 90s. Totally. How about it, that? Huh? Baker Mayfield shows up. Uh, yeah, 100%. And I'm, I'm a big Jersey guy. I love jerseys. Um, I'm really excited about this. I love the, yeah. the concoction that they put together. Um, honestly, when I think about all the different uniforms, uh, the throwback ones, Vikings have to be towards the top of the list across the Very entire cool. NFL. Um, I think current uh, uh, uniforms, I'm also a big lover of the Vikings. They I think they have a really sharp, uh, sharp set. I mean, if I'm being completely honest... Los Angeles Chargers are maybe my favorite. Yeah. Uh, we just hired a new uh, head of syndications, Jacob, and he's like, I want to go to the Chargers game just to see these uniforms. So we're going to go yeah. this year just to check them out. Ah, uh, love love the jerseys uh, for, for the Chargers. But if you're thinking throwback, I think the Vikings have some of the best. Yep, pretty fun. Lots of teams going retro and unveiling throwback uniforms this season. The Vikings jumped into the fray, and they jumped into the fray in impressive fashion. So I encourage you guys to go find that on the Internet if you have not already. And excited to see what other kind of gear will be available by different companies. Uh, UNRL does a great job with um, a lot of their gear. Uh, I'm sure they're going to have some sort of product that they'll uh, launch in relation to uh, the retro uniforms that the Vikings will be wearing in week one this season. So excited to see all of that. And uh, football season, definitely. It's not just right around the corner, man. I mean, my body clock, I did it for 15 years, and my body's telling me it's time to go. I'm sure yours Let's is the roll. same way. Yeah, it's, yep. football season is here. So exciting time to be a, a fan of the game. Yeah, no, I'm excited. I, honestly, I think uh, if we are able to reach an extension, I might go get a Hawkinson jersey if we can get these throwbacks. Uh, I'm really, really high on him as a player. I uh, love his addition to the Vikings. I think he's exactly what we want a Minnesota Viking to be. Yes. And I just love those throwback jerseys. Yep, I do too. Hawkinson will be a key player. We'll talk about him in the tight end position group here in a couple of weeks. Uh, we'll talk about wide receivers, though, next week. So uh, make sure you tune in next week to the Wobcast 2.0 as we continue our exercise of evaluating every position on every team in the NFC North to see where the Minnesota Vikings stack up. Today we did inside linebackers. This episode is over. The next one we'll do is the wide receivers, so uh, we hope you check it out. Make sure you find the Wobcast 2.0 wherever you find and subscribe to all your other favorite podcasts, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify. Uh, You can also find us and watch us on YouTube. So if you're not doing that, we encourage you to do so. You can always interact with us on social media as well. We love when fans dictate uh, the content and the things we talk about because we're here to talk about football and entertain you all. So make sure you interact with us uh, on social media as well. That's going to do it for this episode of the Wobcast 2.0. On behalf of my co-host and partner, Giles, I'm Wobby signing off for now. Until next time, Skull Vikings.